Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast episode 146. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you doing? So it's a Monday and there's no interview, which means I'm going to be teaching you something. Today, we're going to be talking emails. I'm jumping straight in on this one. It's because I'm batching content. So I've already recorded like a few episodes. And I think what happens when I record a few episodes at a time like the small talk gets less and less the more I go on. So like if I come in and go, right, let's get on with it. It normally means that I've recorded a few episodes. Okay. So now we've got that cleared up. Let's get on with today's episode. As I said, we're going to be talking about emails. And it occurred to me the other day as I was working with one of my 90 day students. And when I talk about a 90 day student, what I mean is it's an intensive program that is over 90 days where you get to work with me in a very small group setting and a one-to-one level. And uh, it opens again in January. If you're interested in that, this wasn't a sales pitch, by the way, but if you are interested in joining me for those 90 days, then go to TeresaEthwearing.com forward slash 90 day. Anyway, I was talking to one of my 90 day students and, and we were talking about emails and they were sorting out their emails. And it gave me such a good idea for today's episode because as I'm talking her through what to do, I, I was thinking to myself, I've never talked about this on the podcast and this would be really useful because you know I go on and on and on about you building your email list. Now, I've written down a kind of, as I always do, I literally have bullet points, that's it. You can tell it's obviously not scripted, but I have bullet points of things I want to hit or things I want to say. And one of the bullet points I put down is why 
should you have an email list? And I know I've talked about it a million times, but it is always worth me just reminding you of those reasons. So the first thing is we do not own our social media following. It's amazing to have lots of followers on social media or to have engagement on social media. However, if I was to break a term and condition or someone was to hack my account or the social media platform decided they just didn't want to do it anymore. Like when TikTok was nearly banned from America, you you don't have any control over these platforms. Obviously we have our space on them, but we we don't own the people or the information of the people that follow us. So with an email list, the beauty about it is that it belongs to you and it comes to you in your you know, on your system and you then get another way to contact them. And that's the next thing. You get more than one way to contact someone. So great if they follow you on social media, but we know what the reach is like on social media. We know that it can be really low and we see all of our content, but our customers or our followers certainly don't see all our content. So if it means that I've got two bites of the cherry to tell you something cool, then I'm going to do that. So building an email list is great. It's one of your biggest assets. And actually one other thing I want to mention, and I don't talk about books that I've read very often on here, but I finished reading Chillpreneur by Denise Duffield Thomas. And one of the things she said in the book that was so, so helpful and so honest was she talked about her conversion rate. So she was telling me, the reader, that her conversion rate has always been approximately, and when I say approximately, I mean a tiny bit different either way, 1% of the size of her email list. So she was basically saying when her email list was 150 people and she went to sell something, she would sell roughly 1% of that size of the email list. She said, and it was exactly the same as when my list was 150,000 people, I sold 1% which confirmed two things to me actually at the time. The first thing was, it's really flipping important to have an email list because she could see that her sales were increasing because of the size of her list. And for me, it shows that people are interested and want your stuff if they get on your list. But the other thing that it confirmed was it's a numbers game. Like it is a numbers game. And I hate saying that in one way because I certainly don't see you as the listener or you on my email list, or you commenting on my social media as a, as a number, you absolutely know that's not the case. But what she said was, if you want to increase those sales, I had to increase my email list. So for me, email list is so, so very important. So I guess you're going to be listening to this with one of two options. One, you don't have an email list or hardly started it. And actually you're starting from scratch two, actually three options. That's one. Two, you have a list, but you know you're not happy with it and it's not great. Or three, you're killing it and you're going to be great. And you can listen to this and go, well done me. Give yourself a huge pat on the back. But I'm talking specifically, I guess, to the two first options. One, you don't have a list. Two, you have a list, but it's not very good. And I'm going to be talking some basics here. So I don't necessarily want you to turn off. If you do have a list, it's always worth bearing it in mind because I'm going to be telling you how I do it in my world. So it may be helpful to you or not. Okay. The first thing I want to say is when I first started building a list, it was through MailChimp and 
they did it really differently. And I think there's still some people who are hungover in this kind of way of doing it because that was the way we always did it. I promise I'll make sense. So when they were building a list, they weren't just building one list, they were building several lists. So they would build an email list of people who had done a certain thing. And then they would build another email list of people who had maybe bought from them. And then they'd build another email list of people who had uh, come to a particular event. And what would happen is they would have several lists in one email system. And the risk with that is that one person could be on all three, four, five, six of their lists. Because what if I had downloaded that one particular thing? What if I had also attended that event? And what if I'd bought that thing? So without doing some deduping between the two or between the various different um, lists, and if you were using MailChimp at the time, it wouldn't do it for you necessarily because you would because you'd built specifically it like that, then what you were doing is you were ending up with several different lists for several different reasons, which people could be on multiple lists, which is no good if you are going to send an email to everyone or you are trying to hit as many people with a particular email because that means that one person could potentially get the email two or three times. Or let's say you decided to send that email to everybody except for people who had bought because you were promoting the thing you're going to sell but I'm still on the other list because I opted in ages ago. You're going to send that to me even though I've already on the bought list. Does that make sense? So I don't want you to view an email list as in different lists for different reasons. The way I want you to view your email list is all together one list with everybody in and view your email list surrounding the person rather the action. So for instance, on my list, I go to a person and I can see what that person has done rather than having a list of people who did a particular thing and therefore having the risk that there are multiple. Does that make sense? Hopefully that does because I can't hear you say hell yes. So that's the first thing. That's the way I want you to view it. One list with everybody on. So if you have a current list, let me just step into the people who have maybe got a list and they've maybe got multiple lists and they're sat there going, well, that's great, Teresa. I now know I need one list, but how the hell do I get them onto one list? Then I'm going to come to that. I'm going to explain to you what I would do in that situation. But I just want to explain one thing before we move into me explaining how to do that. I want to talk about the process of getting people onto an email list, a couple of the systems I'd recommend and the use of tags and what I mean by them and how I structure mine. So the first thing is when you're wanting to get people on your email list, you are going to need a level of automation. I do not want you to freak out. I want you to feel very happy that you can do this with relative ease. It's not crazy hard. It's just a process. Also, I want to stop here for one second and I want to ask you a question and I genuinely, genuinely want you to come back to me on this. How would you feel if I did a follow me along every single day, setting up your email list and setting up your lead magnet? And actually by the end of a two week period, you had devoted probably an hour, hour and a half a day, maybe two hours, because we're going to get your email list set up. Now, I don't have this ready, by the way. This is just a thought in my head. And I genuinely want you to tell me if I was to 
sell a course like this and it wouldn't be crazy money. I don't know, off the top of my head, I don't know, $150, $190, something like that. But if I was to say in two weeks, we will have you all set up and you will be collecting email addresses, would that be something that you would want to do? Because, sorry, I am now going off on a wee tangent, because one thing I find is I have lots of courses in the academy, but because I am not there holding you accountable every point of the way, people might go through them and think, oh yeah, I'll do that bit later, or I'll, you know, I won't do this. Or they'll think, yeah, I'll do this and then never get around to it. Whereas I've just been through this process myself, actually. I talked about Adrian, uh, Adrian's on the podcast last week and I did his Ecamm live course and he, he taught it, I nearly got that wrong, then taught it as the week went on and released content each day and did a live each day. And I followed him along and I did the work. So I loved that approach. So I'm interested to see if that's something you would love come and let me know because I do genuinely want to know from you whether you would, because if it is, I'm going to try and squeeze this in before Christmas because I would really like to give this a go in terms of getting you set up. So then next year, it's just a case of it's set up. You just need to promote it more and more and more. Okay. Let's come back to today's conversation, but that I'd be interested to see what you think about that. Or maybe I'll set it up for the beginning of January. I don't know. Let me see how much response I get. Okay. So you are going to need a process and you are going to need some automation, which like I said, is not crazy difficult. Some of the systems I recommend that you look at in the first instance are things like ConvertKit, ActiveCampaign, and obviously I use Kajabi. I will link to all of those in my show notes and I would recommend Kajabi all day long. I love it. You know, I do. I'm an affiliate for it. The reason I don't know that, or I don't think Kajabi is necessarily for everyone is because Kajabi is a much bigger platform and does many more things than just the email list. So if you're not looking at selling something online, if you don't need a payment processor, if you don't need landing pages, well, you ideally you do, you know, it'd be great to have a landing page. You would use them to build your email list, but it's the other stuff. If you don't think you're going to use that, then maybe Kajabi is not for you. But anyway, we're less about the actual systems, but there's three that you can definitely have a look at. So when people opt in, they go through the process and you would have done it because I'm sure you've done it on some of my stuff. You put your name, your email address in, and then you get to a thank you page and the thank you page goes great and emails on its way. Well, that's the automation. And what's happening in the background is the minute you put your name and details in, that is in Kajabi, they're getting that information. And I've set it up to say, send that person that email and give them this tag. Okay. This is the key bit. So I have one list, but I need to know what you did or how you got on my list or what you're interested in. And the way I do this is through tags. So a tag is basically a label every time you do something. So every time you opt in to something, if you join the academy, if you attend something or do something where I I get you to opt in, I give you a tag. And what that does is it gives me the ability to see who is interested in what or who does what, or how you found me. And that will give me an idea of how I can manage you as a person. Now, I don't mean individually necessarily here. It would have been much more individual in the early days. But what I mean is, let's say I, I keep talking about this launch course I'm going to do, which I'm still debating. There's a lot of thoughts going on in my head at the moment. Can you tell? I just, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's always things. This is the, the joy of being an entrepreneur. 
Um, normally I'm very good at this. I'm very focused. It's because it's the end of the year and this is when I do all this stuff. So this is why so much is swimming around my head. But anyway, let me get back to the example. So if you've downloaded the launch checklist from me, which I have, a, I have a free download, which talks about all the things you need to do if you're going to launch an online product. And I was then going to come out with a course then I could go to all the people that I had tagged, all the people that had got a tag to say they downloaded that thing. And I could, when I send the email out to say, this thing is here, look what I've created. I would use very different language and more specific language to the people that had downloaded the launch checklist. Because what I know about them is that they want to launch something because you wouldn't have downloaded it without wanting to launch something. So my language in selling my course, if I did it, would be very direct in the sense of, hey, I saw you downloaded the launch checklist. What is it that you're launching? How have you got on? And then I would go into the conversation about the course or join me for a webinar or whatever it might be. But can you see how, how that, uh, that would help in that scenario? The other thing that it would do is when then, so obviously I'd send anybody who downloaded that checklist with a very specific type of email. And then what I can do is when I send the email to everybody, because I want to send it to everybody, then what I would do is say, exclude the people who have this tag. So instead of sending an email to just the people who have this tag, I would then be able to exclude them. And then I could send a different type of email that wasn't so specific because these other people, I have no idea whether they want to launch something online. So do you see how this is helping? Now, one of the things when I first started using tags in one list was I wanted to keep it neat and tidy, like my obsession to not have too many options. I'd come from a world of marketing where like if you're doing uh, quantitative research, you don't want millions of options. You want to slim them down to as many, as you know, to as few as possible to make it as neat as possible or in my world anyway. So what I did was when I first started tagging people, it was like, oh, I don't want all these tags. I don't want all these, you know, how many tags have we got? That's too many and it's messy and it's, but the truth is it isn't messy at all. If you can apply a tag when someone does something, all it's doing is giving you more information. And you might have, I, I know I've got like 200 odd tags now. However, I know for sure that an average person might have four tags or five tags because they've done five different things. And therefore that can give me an impression of who that person is. And I love it actually, when I go and get a new member in the academy and I go and look at what tags they've had, i.e. what what route did they find me on? Or how did they come to me? Or, you know what I mean? Like it gives me an impression of actually everyone who joined the academy, they downloaded this particular thing, which has this particular emails that come with it. Do you know what I mean? It helps me with that information. But the tag thing is so important because like I said, it tells me how you got on my list. It tells me what you're interested in. It tells me like what type of customer you are, whether you've bought from me, whether you haven't bought from me. And also within the systems I've talked about, Active Campaign, ConvertKit and Kajabi, it can trigger things. So if you give someone a tag, it can mean they get a certain email sent to them, or it can mean they get a series of emails sent to them, or it can mean various different things, you know, so, or you give them access to something. So like I said, they're really powerful and that's the way I'd think about it. I hope I've made that clear because I, I get that, and I promise I'm not trying to patronize, but I get that initially this can be hard because it was for me. You know, when I first started looking at it, I was like, what? You have tags and you don't have lists. And how do you know someone who's on this list? Or So hopefully I've cleared that up a bit. 
So the other thing I want to talk about is the fact of what if you have this list already with all, you know, I've got a list of people who did this thing and a list of people who did this thing. So what I would suggest you do is I would export each list. Okay. Now, obviously people who have bought from me, I have a lot more information about them than people who haven't bought from me. If you haven't bought from me, I literally just have your name and email. And sometimes I don't even have your name if you've not put it in or if you've put a wrong name in or something. Sometimes it's not even as clear as that. So, but that's all the information I have on you, which is absolutely fine. That's all I need at this point. But when you buy, obviously I have things like an address or I have, you know, a little bit more about you. But for me, all you need is the name and the email. That would be kind of my absolute kind of, that's fine. You would just go with that. So if you pulled down each of these lists, if you downloaded each of these lists as a CSV file, as an Excel file, then what you could do is the list that says they're members, you could just in the next column along have the word member, okay? Then in the other list, you could say, okay, I whatever that list is for, they downloaded my PDF, whatever, then you'd put PDF. So then suddenly you've got all these lists with, and in the column, it's got like what it is they downloaded. Then if this is in your skill set, it might not be, but if you've got VAs, if you've got clever children, husbands, wives, whatever, whatever, that this is their skill set, you can dedupe that data. Now, if it's not very long, then you can do it by hand. Like you can literally go through and go, I'm going to put these three lists together. I'm going to sort them by alphabetical order. And then I'm going to see who is on each of these lists. But if you, it is a bit bigger and if you have got, you know, or Google it, you know, you can dedupe these lists, i.e. you can merge these lists together and then you can say, show me the people who are in this spreadsheet more than once. And then it'll go, look, Teresa is in it three times because Teresa's got the PDF, the membership and the event tag. And then what you can do is you can add all of those three tags next to one record of me. And then when you upload the new list or the cleaned list to, let's say you're moving to something else, or let's say you're uploading it back to the same place, then MailChimp, by the way, doesn't deal with tags particularly easily. I could be doing them a huge injustice there because I haven't used them for a long time, but I would recommend one of the ones I've mentioned already. So when you upload it back into there, then you've got these tags and you can go, right, these are the tags I want people to have when you go in. And then instead of having Teresa on three lists, you've got Teresa on one list, but in a heartbeat, you can see that Teresa is a member, but she also had that PDF and she came to that event. And then when you say, I want to send an email to members, you would say, only give me the people who have the member tag. And then when you want to send an email to non-members, because you're trying to sell something, you would then say, I want people who don't have the tag member. And therefore I wouldn't get that. Whereas I previously might have got that email if I was on a different list. I'm really hoping this all makes sense. I'm, I get that this is a bit different and can be a bit tough to get your head around. It certainly was for me when I first started it. The other thing I would say as well, sorry, I meant to say earlier about the tags is try and give yourself some kind of format when you're coming up with these tags. It's just a word. So for instance, I always start my lead magnet ones with LM and then whatever the lead magnet is about. So LM webinar, LM sales page, LM launch checklist, and then I might put the date on it. Now, again, I'm 
old and have been doing this for a while. And therefore my stuff didn't start out all neat and tidy like that because I didn't think about this at the beginning. But if you are starting out, you can make it all beautiful and neat and tidy. And also the other thing I'd recommend you do is if you are going to come up with an abbreviated way to tag people or a, because you don't want big, long reams of text for tagging people, I would maybe start a spreadsheet at the same time and I would have the name of the tag and what it means in a bit more detail if you needed to. So that's what I'd be doing. The other thing I want to mention just quickly about your email list is it's always quality over quantity. Needed to make sure I said that the right, right way round. So for me, if you are uploading your list, if you have a list already and you're tidying it up, then I would look at people who haven't opened your emails for a long time and I would email them before you decide to move across to a new system or whatever and say to them, do you want to still receive my email? If you don't reply to this, then you'll be removed. Not as blunt as that, obviously, but I would definitely give the opportunity to say, listen, did did you want this? If not, no worries. And then I wouldn't move them across because the systems I've talked to you about, apart from Kajabi, actually, because Kajabi has a really big limit of how many emails you can have. It's a lot. Um, but the other two, ConvertKit and ActiveCampaign, they are very much down to the number of people on your list. So you don't want people on there for the sake of having them on there. You only want good people on there that are engaging with you and opening your emails and actually are interested in your stuff. So if you have started building that list and you've got a lot of people from old data and whatever, then absolutely clean it out. Ask them to re-opt in, maybe send them another lead magnet and say opt in. And maybe when they opt in, if you haven't got data to transfer particularly, or you kind of want to start from scratch, then you could have them opt in directly into the new system. So you could basically email your, let's say you're with MailChimp and you're moving over to Kajabi and you've got an old list of MailChimp, which you think, oh, it's probably no good. And I'm not really getting much from it. You could email that entire list in in MailChimp. So still through a MailChimp email and you could say to them, hey, look, I've got this awesome thing for you. Click here and you can get it. And then when they click, it would go to a Kajabi landing page. When they put their details in, they then become a member in your Kajabi list. So and obviously you would tag them saying they downloaded this thing and that's why they're on your list. Okay, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that has given you a bit of food for thought. Hopefully it's given you an idea of what and how I would do it if you were starting out or, or like I said, needing to clean it up and move over. Do come and let me. Now I know I asked for feedback and I do love getting it and I will respond to you. So please do. Instagram DMs is probably the best place to find me or like hello at TeresaEthwearing.com. Either one, cool. Well, I'll get you anywhere, but I'm more active on Instagram than anywhere else. So yeah, do come and give me a shout. Let me know what you think of that idea. If you fancy something where you follow along and we physically do the work and then you're done in two weeks time, because I really like the idea of that, but I just need to see if it's worth me putting my time and effort in doing and whether you're going to want it. So, okay, let me know what you think. Hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'll be back on Thursday with my first ever, I I need a name for it, don't I? You're going to have to tell me that as well when you message me. Uh, my first ever Thursday podcast episode that is sharing small business advice from small business owners. Okay. I can't wait for that one. I'm super excited and I will see you guys soon.
Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 